I want to thank our sponsors, the Trent Law Practice in Halifax. These guys know that anytime you need a lawyer, whether you were injured in a car accident, face criminal charges, or have family issues, it's probably the most stressful time of your life. Mike Trent and everyone there is committed to seeing you and your family come out of a bad situation the best way possible. So if you even think you need a lawyer, give them a call at 434-471-4339 or look them up at TrentLawPractice.com. Most consults with Mike are free, either in the office or over the phone. That's TrentLawPractice.com or 434-471-4339. We are in a time that the need for information is at an all-time high. 10 Minutes of Truth with Sean A. Barksdale is committed to bringing you the truth. Hello, everyone. This is Sean A. Barksdale, and this is 10 Minutes of Truth. This is a four-part series highlighting the Health, Life, and Death series. We found it imperative to equip the community with the necessary information relating to viruses and diseases, such as cancer and COVID. Uh, to preparing to, tr- uh, to transition from life to death. Uh, our first guest is the chaplain at Advanced Care Planning, um, Mr. Vance Midget. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much, first and foremost, for being here this morning with us and taking the time out. We really appreciate it. Uh, today's uh, hospital chaplain offers spiritual guidance, and pastoral care to patients and the families. As representatives of religious traditions, chaplains in hospitals and medical centers use the insights and principles of psychology, religion, spirituality, and theology. The, uh, theology. Uh, so Mr. Midget, first tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you ended up here at Centera. Oh, I've been here almost 20 years. I love it here. I began ministry in a parish setting, Um, began actually working with youth in college age, from there senior pastor, but felt a specific calling um, to chaplaincy. So I did two years of chaplaincy residency at Wake Med in Raleigh. And from there, God just opened the, the doorway to be to be here 20 years ago, just about. Beautiful. So I know you've seen a lot of changes yes. over the years. Yes. That's, that's wonderful. Thank you again for your service. Um, so what are your responsibilities in the facility? Well, wrapped around a variety of, of responsibilities, but specifically wrapped around chaplaincy, it's about meeting patients where they are. Hmm. Uh, supporting, undergirding um, their faith, whatever that might be, and uh, using um, means within their faith, avenues perhaps uh, within their faith, um, to assist them in um, in their journey that they're on, their health journey that they're on. Okay, that's beautiful. So saying that, that seems that you would have to be versed in more than just your walk of life. Yes, absolutely. Okay, that's that's. That's exciting. It's not about me. Right. It's about, right. It's Absolutely. about the patient. And Absolutely. Their Absolutely. Right. And that makes uh, that makes a great uh, care provider. Okay. So uh, do you also uh, help provide uh, uh, um, confidential planning? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Can you speak a little bit about that? With that. Absolutely. It's something that I'm very passionate about. Okay. And um, it's uh, you know one of the biggest fears um, of of 
uh, patients in a medical crisis is loss of control. Mm. In advanced care planning, um, one of the key things is it provides a pathway for control in a time when, when that control has been taken away. What I mean by that is we all have fears. Um, we all have angst. And so anything that we can do to help um, lessen um, those fears um, is, a, is a good thing. So a piece of the advanced care planning, it's, um, it's three parts, um, essentially, yep. Okay. Um, the first part, which I would say is the most important piece, is an opportunity to name what is um, referred to as a healthcare agent or a healthcare power of attorney. Mm. That's naming the person that is best suited to you as you, as you decide. Uh, to become your voice at a time in life when you are not able to speak on your own behalf. Mm. If you do not name a healthcare agent, healthcare power of attorney, then legally, um, if you have a spouse, your spouse becomes your voice. If you do not have a spouse, or your spouse is unable um, to do that, then it would be the majority of your children over the age of 18, not the oldest, not the youngest, not those that are closest to you. Um, it would be the majority of those children. So if you have six children, the majority of six becomes your voice. If you do not have children over the age of 18, then it would be your parents if they're living. If there are no living parents, then it would go down to your siblings and, and down from there. The good news in that is that, that there is a pathway of mm -hmm. voice for you. The bad news in that is just because there's a pathway does not mean that that person is the best person or necessarily the person that you would want to become your voice. Wow, I, I, that's a lot of information to, to intake, but it's good because like you say, you have a pathway, but in the same token, you have to have family that are in place right. and that are in agreement. Right. So to speak, if if those channels have to come down the line like that. Right. right. So that's uh, thank you for telling us that, because I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that for myself. So yeah. that's that's great information. But you were saying that that's the first you that's that's that first piece. Another another element of that. Okay. That's really um, important to think through as you're deciding who that health care agent, who that um, health care power of attorney, the best one um, to be. Um, the two things, criteria that you really want to consider seriously is that person who knows you in a variety of your wishes best, but not only that knows you in your wishes best, but that you're confident is going to advocate for those things. Okay. Especially when there are other voices out there, perhaps that might be in disagreement with that. Okay. Right? So I might have a person that really knows me well. But I might know that that person is a timid personality. And if there's anybody out there that's going to say something contrary, they really don't want to, to, to upset them. Right. And so they might sit back and be silent about those things. So the person that knows you best and the person that's going to advocate for those things. Hmm. Yeah, that's very important. Yes. That's very important. And uh, is, that, is that all three, or do you have one so more? So the, the next piece is okay. actually, um, so when you're, you're, you're calling advanced care plan, that's an umbrella term. Okay. The advanced care plan is the legal document itself. 
So the first piece of that is naming the healthcare agent, healthcare power of attorney. Okay. Another piece in that, just so we don't get um, lost in that, it's a good idea to name two. Okay. A primary and then a secondary. Okay. As long as you can speak for yourself, you're going to be the person who's going to be asked, right? Um, what your wishes are. Um, the healthcare agent only um, becomes your voice in those times when you can't speak on your own behalf. Hmm. So you have what would be called a primary agent. That would be the first person in line if you can't speak for yourself, only in regard to healthcare wishes. And then the secondary, you want to consider naming a secondary, a backup person, if you please. I could be in a car wreck with my primary person and neither Mm. one, or I could outlive my primary person. The second part of an advanced care plan is what's called a living will. And that's an opportunity to document what your wishes would be um, at um, end of life um, situations. And, um, and so what I really love about our document that we've created here okay. with Sentara Halifax Regional Hospital is in that living will portion, they list about six different scenarios. And then you have an opportunity to really kind of think through that. And then you can um, say, if this became my new life scenario, would I want um, life-sustaining uh, measures? Or perhaps you know without a doubt, I would not want life-sustaining measures. There might be that one scenario that, hmm, I'm not really at a place to say yes or no right now, but I'm going to trust my healthcare agent, my healthcare power attorney, is going to know when I'm at the place that I would not want any life-sustaining measures. Now, life-sustaining measures would be things like uh, CPR. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be hydration, nutrition, those things like that. So it really gives you another opportunity to take the weight, perhaps the burden off of the shoulders of your healthcare agent and give you absolute peace of mind that if this becomes my new life scenario, this is what I would want, this is what I would not want. The third piece um, is an opportunity to document after death if I would want to be an organ donor or not. It's very important, even if you have, if you're an organ donor or not, on your driver's license, right. to go ahead and document that on your um, your your um, advanced care plan as well. And then that, on one sheet, which becomes then a part of your medical record, we have all the information um, as you would want it, okay. as you would wish. Okay. Thank you so much. That's, that information is very helpful in the community. So uh, when providing that plan, um, is it best before a person gets sick? Can they, can they put that together beforehand, or is it once they're in the hospital? Right. Great question. You know, when you're in the hospital, what I've found so often, and, and we do, if, right. you're, if you haven't created an advanced care plan, you're going to be asked any hospital you would go to right. if you've created one. Um, and then the second question you're going to be asked is if we have a copy of that, if you have created it. And oftentimes, I will assist and am happy to, as well as others here at our hospital, in any hospital, are there, and we're happy to, to, to assist with the advanced care plans. What I have found, 
a lot of times in a hospital, you want to focus all your energy mm-hmm. on getting better. So that it right. can be a fearful time to, right. to have that conversation. It's best to, to do that prior to coming okay. to the hospital. In fact, right after the age of 18, it's a good idea. Right. And it's also a great idea that every few years to look over your advanced care plan. So perhaps you've created one years ago, and now I'm at a totally different place in life, um, physically, medically, Correct. where I was back when. And so my understanding of what I would want or not want. Correct. So it's a great idea every few years to look over your advanced care plan and okay. perhaps make some adjustments. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so being you know, the chaplain in uh, a hospital such as this, this is a large hospital, uh, do you... Uh, make daily rounds to visit yes you do yes how often I mean like on a daily round about how many people do you think you well one of the things that I do love about our hospital is um, I'm part of our guest services department oh as really well. so there's a team of us myself our patient advocate okay we have our manager of guest services and we have our director who's over marketing as well as our um, our, our patients and 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 um, so through our team of people we strive to visit every inpatient on a daily basis on Monday through Friday. And then in addition to that, we are here for any specific needs that they have. So as chaplain, um, if there's a specific need for chaplaincy in the emergency department, in the intensive care unit, or any area of our our hospital, um, we're going to provide that service. Exactly. Uh, Because I I would think that, um, as you were stating earlier, that this environment, a person, they're already fearful when they come here. Yeah. Whether they're being diagnosed of something or, you know, something uh, traumatical has happened. So right. they want to be comforted right. as much as possible. So, right. uh, like I said, you know, I've lived here pretty much all my life. And, and I really appreciate you guys and your contribution uh, to the community. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I know one of the things is family members. Yes. Having to deal with family members. What are some of the tactics that uh, you may use to just comfort family members of someone uh, that may be passing away of COVID? Right. You know, I have to say that um, here at Centera Halifax Regional Hospital that our staff, all of our staff, they have such huge hearts. Mm. And truly, we heard that term years ago. Um, it takes a village. Correct. And so it truly takes a, a village to, um, to soothe the hearts, the minds, the bodies, the spirits of our patients. Um, so with our COVID patients, um, and not just our COVID patients, but I, I think in so many of our hospitals, just in this season of life, this season of time, mm-hmm where visitation is restricted. Hmm. It becomes that much more important to have that um, listening presence, that soothing, um, that caring touch. And you know, caring touch is not always just um, physical touch. We have um, prayer shawls and we have prayer squares that a group of volunteers Mm. lovingly make. So if it's one of those things that's going to be meaningful, perhaps for you as you're a patient, then we'll provide one of those for you. And so perhaps with that COVID patient that is not going to be able to perhaps when they go home, take that with them. They have that 
um, that really represents the presence of God and the love of others that is with them. Correct. Um, we, we have available for sometimes uh, um, staff will take in, um, in in a way that's really in line with infection control, the capacity to be able to see their family, you know, through, uh, through a phone conversation. Or we'll have family members um, that, will, that will come up and, um, and they'll be outside of the patient's rooms, mm. outside. And um, as chaplain, um, sometimes I will go through and just make myself <laughs> available uh, right. by at least they're able to see me through that right. window in our intensive care unit. There are so many things. We've created hearts. Hmm. Um, um, several months ago, my thumbprint is on your heart. So end of life patients that we can have their um, thumbprint um, oh, wow. imprinted on that heart, that pottery, beautiful pottery heart, and then is given as a reminder of the legacy and the love that. And you not not only is that therapeutic for our, our, our family members, for patients, right? Um, it's also therapeutic for our staff. Right. When you think about giving your heart so much right. and then being able to do that act of kindness. And right. so those are just a couple of the ways right. that we provide that human touch with a variety of patients right. here. Saying that, uh, it just made me think of a few things. I saw a post about two weeks ago mm-hmm. of a uh, someone who was transitioning. Yeah. Right? They were dying from COVID. And no one could enter the room, so they took gloves they filled them up with hot water and they tied them around the hand as if they were someone was holding their hand. With that being said, um, are you able to go into a room of someone who you know that they're not going to come out of this situation? Yeah, you know, with uh, with the um, with the proper PPE, right? Um, we we are bottom line is we are going to meet the needs of the mm. patients. And that's one of the other things that I just love about our organization is just really putting our heads together Hmm. um, from top leadership to uh, people on the floor and just really discovering a variety of ways to to meet those those needs of our patients and our family members. and this is why we wanted to do this series, 10 Minutes of Truth wanted to do this type of series on life, uh, health, and death, because uh, for many of us, we don't know. A lot of the information you provide us, we just don't know. Right. That we need to get out to the community, and we just want to be a channel for that. Uh, thank you, because it's, it's, it's just phenomenal uh, how you have described some of these things, and the empathy, and the care. Yeah. Because a lot of families, you know, COVID changed everything. Yeah. It changed uh, our world around us. Mm-hmm. It changed the hospital, how you guys function, what you had to do. And um, what was the biggest thing for you, the change, that type of change in the last, say, 18 to 20 months? Let me let me speak from this because it has been a journey. Right. And I often, like you, I think we click right. in this. Right. We look at life as journey. Absolutely. Right? And in journey, um, gosh, we are faced with so many things, things that cause us great, uh, great uh, distress at times, wonderment. But I think the beauty in those opportunities also um, is what it teaches us right. about who we are mm. and what we can offer and our connections with others. On this journey, most recently, I, I think I'm becoming really aware of how weary people are. Mm. 
um, the weariness of our patients, the weariness of um, the family members, the weariness of our staff. And, and I think in the midst of all that weariness, we had the opportunity to see the best of who we are. Mm. And I think that that for me has been one of the incredible uh, gifts um, of this and the incredible, um, uh, the incredible gifts of COVID, if you please. Right. If you want to look at right. it from that, is right. um, any difficult season we go through, even death of patients. Right. Um, there's some beauty that we can see in that, and there's some good that we can see in that. Right. And those are the things that legacy is built from. We're going to see incredible legacies continue to grow from this horrific time in life. Absolutely. Yeah. Because history, it repeats itself. Yeah, it and, and we've seen uh, time and time again uh, how, you know, especially our country, how it rises to the occasion. Absolutely. And so, and, and that's one of our strongholds and strong points. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, a lot of people, you know, we don't fully understand because it's new still. But to rally the way that, because I've, I've seen, you know, timeless and countless uh, affairs of nurses, yeah. you know, flying here, flying there, supporting another hospital. Yeah. You know, I remember when it first struck how, you know, so many nurses from this community went to New York, yeah. you know, and just put their lives on the line. You guys, you put your lives on the line daily. Yeah. You know, when you don't right. have to, you really right. don't have to. You know, you, you said something incredible there. And um, so on a, on a larger scale, yeah, people and their willingness to go to other places. Correct. On a smaller scale, equally important. One of those beautiful gifts that I'm seeing right here in our hospital is that person from a, another department stepping right. up to the plate. Right. Helping either with the weariness or right. you step away from lunch. I'm trained in this. Let me help in this. Mm. That's a big piece of what it's all about, isn't Man. it? And, you know, in that, I think, gives reassurance to our community and to our family members of their loved ones being cared for here that we have people with huge hearts that are going above and beyond mm. and, um, and filling a variety of shoes, uh, even what you're doing right. Right. <laughs> with your podcast. Thank what you. a wonderful thing. Thank you. Thank you. That, um, it makes me think about what you just said, you know, someone is at lunch or just stepping up. And your expertise and what you've been able to do in the last 20 years, um, we, they often think about the patients, right, that are here, but you have just as much of a responsibility to staff. Yeah. And what you do and what you're calling. Right. What is that like? I, I, I love that piece also. Right. Um, because we are all in this together. Right. And we are shoulders for each other to lean on, shoulders for each other to cry on. If, if somebody just needs to vent, hmm. um, we make that available. So we do a variety of things here. We have uh, two gardens that were created oh, not wow. only for patients and their family members, but for staff. Wow. To step away and wow. get a bit of fresh air. And right. There's a labyrinth in one of those. Wow. And the labyrinth is designed for three concepts. Um, as you journey it, it's, it's kind of like a personal meditation or prayer, right. whatever's in line with right. your faith right. um, background. But it's about releasing as you're journeying towards the center. Hmm. Um, and it's about receiving once you're in the middle and then returning. So for that family member that can't visit their, their, their loved one in the hospital, right. what a great place to go. Right. And to release I go. those words. Absolutely. <laughs> 
So I let's do another go. podcast. Yeah, about yeah, that yeah. Sometime, absolutely, okay? absolutely. We do it in the um, garden. <laughs> to that would doing um, de-stress opportunities for our staff, yes. whether it be something that's written or whether it be when it's appropriate and when right. we're able to to be together safely uh, in a room. There have been times when we have transformed this auditorium right. into a de-stress zone. Uh, to our, our chapel, uh, to those uh, notes of encouragement, just a variety of things. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's exciting to hear. It's refreshing to hear also because I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. My, uh, my stepfather is, uh, which y'all probably know, is uh, Jeff Floyd Davis, okay. the IT guy here. And, um, you know, he, he always speaks very highly of the job, highly of you guys and, and whatnot, man. But uh, I really appreciate that. I think the world of, of he's Jeff. he's a great guy, yeah. man. Yes, he's, he he is. is a great guy. I had yes, to, you know, I know you probably want you say something about me. You know, <laughs> he cares for us. He does. And not he and does. not only you know just his promptness. Yes. How he does it. Yes. You know, a, a smile goes a million miles. Absolutely. It? And absolutely. he and he he extends. You know that. Absolutely. He extends kindness. Absolutely. Yeah. He 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 he's a really great guy that has brought a lot of joy into my mother's life and the family as well. So I really appreciate him being a part uh, because if you know him, he's not just going to be a part of anything. Right. Yeah, it's not him. So, you know, and I think each and every one of you guys are not just going to be a part of anything. Right. I have a uh, final question for you. Okay. It, most people in a job, right, mm -hmm. they can detach from the job. Right. Uh, your walk of life, you can't detach. It's your life. How do you... Uh, on, leaving here to home right. and taking the job with you, right. how do you decompress? All right. So a great question. Back, way back when I was in college, one of the first churches I preached at, I had a uh, minister, actually in Danville. Okay. He was up in a, Dan a church in Danville. And he said, one piece of advice I'm going to give you. In ministry, there's nothing that's ever complete, ever mm -hmm. done. Get yourself a hobby. So that you can do that and you can take pride in that. You can complete it and you can step away. Absolutely. So that's one piece. Um, the, the things that I share with patients, family members, through my own spiritual walk, through the prayer, through the meditation, to the labyrinth, I walk that labyrinth all the time. Wow. And that concept of sometimes before I go home, mm -hmm. um, it's about releasing those patients, the staff, praying for them. Right. But then receiving hmm. the reassurance that, that I need in the comfort. Absolutely. And, uh, and so I encourage our staff to do things like that. Um, I do that myself. So it's not really leaving it behind, but it is, it is bringing myself to another place in. It's always going to be a part of my heart. That's right. But it's how I'm, I'm allowing it to be a part of my heart and my mind. And it's at a, a comforting place, if you please. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, this is my first time meeting you, Mr. Midget. Uh, and I can say you've done well for the community and by the community just from your conversation and your thoughtfulness. I can tell in your conversation that you're very thoughtful and that you take pride in, you know, the community. And it's all about community. Uh, and that's all that we want to provide is the information to the community. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. What a gift. And I look forward to, to you, we're, we're going to get together for a cup of coffee. Absolutely. That, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Chaplain. Thank you. My name is Sean A. Barksdale, and this has been 10 Minutes of Truth. Thank you for listening. 
10 Minutes of Truth mission is aimed at bringing awareness to health, wealth, and the betterment of society as a whole. Subscribe and follow us as we drop an exciting new episode every Monday at 4.30, a platform you can call home. Thank you and welcome to the truth. I want to thank our sponsors, the Trent Law Practice in Halifax. Mike is committed to our Southside Virginia community. He grew up here and came back after law school to work as a public defender. Before starting the Trent Law Practice with Blair, the Trent Law Practice focuses on helping our neighbors right here in Southside with criminal defense and family law. It can represent you on a personal injury or auto accident matter anywhere in Virginia. You can give them a call at 434-471-4339 or look them up at TrentLawPractice.com. Most consoles with Mike or free, either in the office or over the phone. That's TrentLawPractice.com or 434-471-4339.